Hey there, I'm Grace. And I'm Amelia. And welcome to the Women Invest in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about getting started in real estate, scaling, and we give you the inside scoop about our day-to-days as full-time investors. If you're like Amelia and I, and you know you're ready to seriously scale your business, but you feel like you don't have the systems and processes down to do so, then listen up because SOP Bootcamp is for you. Jay Morales will help you organize your business, systems, and processes like a true CEO. I'm going through this same process for my own business, and I couldn't recommend it more. Jay will help you create SOPs for repeatable business tasks, implement them into a new process, improve any existing processes, and continually look for ways to optimize your business. You can choose if you want a done-with-you model with a small group or a completely hands-off, done-for-you model. So stop playing it small and take your mom-and-pop operation to a real business where you're the empowered CEO. Sign up today at womeninvestinrealestate.com backslash SOP. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wire podcast. We have Jay on again for part three of our How to Organize Your Business Like a CEO series. And today, to wrap up our final episode with Jay, we're going to be talking about when you should start growing your team, who you should have on your team right away. And we're really going to dig in on how to find people that fit your needs for your business. So Jay, thank you for coming back for the third episode. We are very excited for this one because we think everyone should hire a few people right away. So can you kick us off on your initial thoughts on hiring for your business? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I think there's that saying you either pay to save time or take the time to do whatever it is that you need to do. So I think at the point where, you know, you are looking to scale or you did start and, you know, you're getting overwhelmed with a lot of tasks, I would say immediately start outsourcing, say like your bookkeeping. That's the first one. And obviously your attorney getting your stuff set up correctly is super important in your business. So those are really the two main ones that I'd say right off the bat that you want to delegate. And obviously, once your business starts growing even more, a CPA to give you tax strategies that can really save you money down the road is really important. I would agree in that if you're listening and you have one rental property, like Jay said, there are two people you should have hired from the beginning. Do not DIY your legal. And I would say do not DIY even your CPA with property one, because I bet you they would save you enough taxes to pay the $300 or whatever it was for them to give you a 90 minute tax strategy advice. So this episode is for everybody. It's for the people who have one or two properties. It's for the people who have a ton. We're going to start with the first people to hire, and then we're going to end with as you have a bigger business. But number one, your CPA and your attorney, and you should have like a quarterly or maybe a bi-yearly meeting with them, just touching base on different things. So with your CPA tax strategy, with your attorney, making sure your asset protection is all there. I just went home and for the first time in my business, I sat down as just like a touch to touch base with my CPA and attorney of like, okay, here's a list of questions I've had for a while. Let's go through these. Just make sure I'm on the right track. My business is growing. My asset protection and my tax strategy is going to grow with it. Let's touch base and make sure I'm on the right track. Are you using CPA and bookkeeper simultaneously? Okay. So you think CPA before a bookkeeper even? 
I think so only because your bookkeeper, if you truly have one property, you can probably do it. And the CPA, they're real. I really don't think you should ever be doing your own taxes. I genuinely don't, but I would argue bookkeeper should come right there pretty hot and heavy from the beginning, but it is okay. If you maybe want to wait a couple properties, what are your guys' thoughts? I I would say, yeah, go ahead, Jay. Personally, we did our bookkeeping at first for a couple, the first couple properties. CPA, we always hired out to do our taxes just because it gets complicated and you don't know where the tax strategies can be applicable to you, right? So I agree with Grace there that CPA is absolutely 100% right off the bat, you should have it. And then I think once we got to like four properties, we then brought in a bookkeeper. Yeah, I would agree. I think that CPA and attorney right away, but bookkeeper after you get like three, even like three to four properties, like you said, Jay, because all of those receipts, keeping everything organized, like unless you are really into that kind of thing and you really enjoy it, I can tell you right now that's going to get pushed to the back of your Mm to-do list every single month. So I would definitely say get that hired out very quickly after those first two. And we have a good friend Danielle, who is a bookkeeper. She just went full-time. She's also a CPA. And we're going to leave a link to her if you want to set up a free 15-minute consultation with her. If you're looking for a bookkeeper, that's going to be in our show notes. So if you're looking for someone that's awesome, knows what she's talking about, has a big portfolio herself, check out the show notes below. Yeah. And you guys have, if you listen to this podcast, you already know my bookkeeping horror story. Basically I grew too quick and didn't get my bookkeeping on track. And so I made myself a gigantic mess that cost me like a year and thousands of dollars to figure out because bookkeeping never stops. So don't do that. Do it when you start to, yeah, I would say three or four properties or once you start to realize that there's a lot of transactions in your business, maybe more than like 20 or 20 or so transactions a month, because that's really what it comes down to. So definitely don't take bookkeeping lightly. And like we said in the last episode, your bookkeeping is how you keep a pulse on the profitability of your business. So that really needs to be like number one priority every month to understand your true profit. Agreed. So I think those we've pretty much covered. And now I want to get into the nitty gritty of what Jay is specializes in, which is hiring a VA for your business. And this is such a crazy concept to me because never before would I have thought like, oh, I need a VA for my real estate investing business. But like the more and more I talk to Jay and Grace and everybody else, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of things that they can take off your plate and do for you that would make your life so much easier. So let's talk about hiring a VA. Absolutely. So from my experience, I think the first thing that a lot of people ask me is how do you find your VA? How did you come across your VA? And honestly, we found our VA through just telling people that we are looking for one. That's one. And two, we went to our own team members. So our marketing lady and said, Hey, do you have any recommendations for a VA? And she actually sent me a couple resumes because I didn't want to go. This is a personal preference. I didn't want to go through a company that, to be honest, they charge you a signing fee to sign on to their services of having what they call is a trained VA. And that's typically like a couple hundred dollars. And then they charge you a couple dollars 
over what the VA's rate is for their services to keep managing them. But in reality, I found that I didn't want them to be trained their way. I wanted them to be trained our way. So basically what I did was I collected a bunch of resumes. And even if you go on Facebook and just they'll reach out to you or you go into groups and you can reach out to them and just ask for the resume. And based on their resume, I was able to pick and choose which ones that I wanted to interview. And from there, we did five, about five interviews with the VAs that we picked, which we went down to three, obviously. Had interviews with them. And then from there, you know, did the second, third, fourth, and fifth interview. And by the fifth interview, we picked between two of them. So that was the process. So even before you started looking for a VA, can you tell us about what your business looked like and when you started to realize what activities you needed to hire out? Absolutely. So we hired a VA specifically for our wholesaling business in terms of when we realized it was just a matter of we felt like an octopus, octopus hands. We couldn't keep juggling between doing our wholesaling stuff, our rental stuff. And we knew that at this point, we needed someone to come on and take those admin tasks off that we could essentially be taking that time and producing income with in other in other ways. So that is really when we realized, okay, we need to hire someone to do the low-lying tasks. Love that. Grace, they use them for their wholesaling business, at least starting out. For someone that owns rental properties, what are some tasks that you think a VA could be really useful for? Absolutely. All of your tenant communication, signing the leases, posting your rentals online, fielding the questions, going through applicants, different emails, starting utilities, paperwork stuff, organizing your Google Drive. There's so many. And I imagine, Jay, that you had a really good idea of what activities you wanted them to do because you had such clear SOPs and you knew the process and you knew what processes weren't making you money and needed to be hired out. Is that kind of the thinking that you had? Absolutely. So funny story. I was a real estate paralegal before this. When I worked at the law firm, actually a lot of law firms use VAs to just draft leases, like big turnover leases in the business. So I would get to see that side where as the paralegal, typically they would shove that onto you, but they would hire VAs at a low cost to do that and basically give them templates that are easy to fill in and do. And that's basically how, one, you train a VA, and two, what type of work that they do. Yeah, that's really smart. I never thought about that. Like, yeah, a paralegal makes what? 45, they're billable hours, 40 an hour to the client, whereas a VA is like five, like depending on where they're from. So that's really smart, actually. So I'm going to say something. My billable rate at the time was 250. (laughs) So imagine that difference. (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. But they were probably still charging the client your paralegal rate, even though they were using a VA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's crazy. But super smart on their end. I like that. So when you hired a VA, my gosh, you interviewed a lot of times. Like you really wanted to make sure you had the right fit, first of all. But once you actually had someone hired and onboarded, did you hire them as a W-2 or did you hire them as a 1099 contractor? 
That's a great question. They are a 1099 contractor. Just to give you an idea, RVA works 12 hour days, six days a week. And she's um, in the Philippines? She is in the Philippines. And a lot of people typically say to us like, oh, I don't want someone in the Philippines or outside of the United States because of their accent. But in reality, they like RVA, she's completely fluent in English, knows how to read and write in English very fluently. So you could, you can't even tell. Okay. And what hourly rate range were you looking for? So I knew that it ranged anywhere from three to six. And she at the moment or before was working at Disney doing the transcriptions for Disney. And I was able to snag her for $4 an hour and negotiated the fact that she could work more hours with us than the job that she had. And people are probably like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, $4 an hour. But for her, that's probably a good living. Like she's probably, obviously she's happy with that if she switched from Disney to you guys. Yeah, she was very, very happy. And yeah, to them, that's a very good living. That's a professor's salary over in the Philippines. Wow, that's crazy. That is insane. I I will say for another note for VA, I think I told you this, Amelia, that I have a Pakistani bookkeeper, Mm -hmm. Cobb. Cobb. Me and Cobb. Me and Cobb have a good time doing my bookkeeping together. I hired him from Upwork. I think he's seven dollars an hour and i just want to toot your horn jay because i want to tell everybody on this podcast i have tried to hire different vas or different people in my business multiple times and it's failed and i look back and i'm like it's because i didn't have shit for training systems processes accountability nothing back when i thought i was gonna do like more wholesaling i had tried to hire a few people and it never worked out This time after the Charlotte retreat with Jay, I was like, okay, I really have to build up my bookkeeping SOP that tells this person exactly how to do my books. And I have built that up so much, that document in the last few weeks and been able to train this person and actually get everything done. And it's been so satisfying to like actually be successful in hiring, especially VA because VAs can be really hard. And see the work get done, see the process build on itself and just be happy with the results. So that is a shout out to you, Jay. I actually built an SOP and hired off of it, which is the process that you basically tell everybody you should do. Mm-hmm. So me I and Papa had a good time. How did that make you feel at the end? Oh, well, I was freaking pumped because now I don't have to do my bookkeeping. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I need to take some notes from both of you. So that actually leads us right into the next part, which is how do you train a VA to do what you want them to do? Absolutely. So I think it's a mindset shift because you have to really think about the step by step that you do, but the information that you wouldn't think that they need in order to complete the task. What do I mean by this? So if in your SOP, if you need X card to say you have multiple cards with bookkeeping if you need x card to pay for x business then you need to say okay card number ending in blah 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 is going to pay for blah 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 and laying it out very simple for them and of course the first time you go around it's not going to be perfect like i mentioned before it's always evolving but sit there and do the task yourself and while you do it record and link everything that you and when i mean record as in like write it out on the document and link every resource that it is that the person needs to be able to complete the task i think that is the number one way that i 
trained my VA was kind of giving her the materials, letting her read through it, understand everything, quizzing her because I created quizzes for her because she mainly runs our script on sellers. So quizzing her on that script, quizzing her on the functionalities of our CRM, and that allowed me to see where the gaps were of what's missing for her. And then of course she had questions, but before I just threw her into the sharks, obviously there was a, I guess, probation, you could say, where I kind of let her shadow me first doing the tasks. And then when I put her to do the task, I would watch her do it. And I'd stop her at every moment that maybe I would have done it differently, or I want that done differently. I would let her know right then and there. And if the SOP needed to be changed, I changed it. So that's basically what I did when training her. And I know it takes time, but in the long run, obviously it's going to pay off. That's such a great point. And I think that's what scares me personally the most is like the time and effort that it's going to take me to properly train a VA. But I know that's such a scarcity mindset because I know once I get them trained, I'll have so much of my time back, you know, doing these menial tasks that anyone can do to be quite frank about it for me personally. So I mean, I don't feel ashamed like everyone. I struggle with that too. So if you're listening and you're like, man, this is scary, like just know that's valid. Well, I hired, tried to hire a VA for wire and it flopped immediately because I invested zero time and energy. It was somebody to do some graphics. I invested zero time and energy to get them to do it the right way. And then I was frustrated with the outcome. Well, that's completely my own fault. So now with Hub, I really, really put time and energy into that SOP, but also that SOP is a dual purpose. It teaches him, but it also teaches me and keeps me accountable for, okay, every month I'm doing this. Every month I'm pulling these statements and I'm reviewing these statements. And another point I wanted to make about training is when he's asking me questions via, we communicate mostly via WhatsApp. Every time I answer, I say, now add that to the SOP. And he goes and he adds my answer in red. And then I like once a week go to that SOP, I see all the red font that he's added in his interpretation. And then if it looks good, I change it to black. And then that's kind of like the finalized edit. Or I maybe move where it is in the SOP. And then I tag him in the comment and say, hey, Cobb, I moved this here, but it's still here for your information. Or I reword it or add a screenshot or whatever. And then that's basically how I make sure that everything that's in my head that goes to his head goes through the SOP. Mm -hmm. That's so smart. Jay, how do you handle it now when your VA needs to change something? Is she able to make edits in the SOP documents? Yes, she is. She actually is the one to test me. So as a CEO, there are times where you want to change things but in the SOP, it's documented differently. So that really challenges you too to remember, okay, this is the process because I'm guilty of it. There are times where I haven't done this task in forever. And then I come in and I'm like, well, you did this wrong. We should have done this. And then she takes the SOP and she throws it right back at me. Kudos to her because that's keeping everyone accountable, but that's what it's there for. And yeah, so when she has a question or she throws it in my face, I go, okay, I see what you mean. We were doing it this way, but I think we should change it to this because of XYZ. And we actually communicate through Google chat. So she goes right in, changes the screenshots, changes the wording, and said, hey, I changed it. Can you just take a look? Or, hey, I changed it and I have this question now. So that's our process per se. But I wanted to throw that in there that it really does keep not only your employees accountable, but yourself too. 
feel like that's a whole nother level of being the CEO of your business that you're in. Like you've taken a step up and now your employees are creating the SOPs as they should. You're as the CEO, you're not going to be making every process forever. And then they're keeping you in the loop and you're able to make changes as needed and are justified. But good for you. That's That's a super exciting place to be in in your business. Okay, I want to talk about the last person, not the very, not the last person, but in this series, the last person we're going to talk about is hiring an internal property manager. Now, I haven't done this yet. And Jay, I believe you're still self-managing your properties too, right? But Grace has hired an internal property manager. So Grace, we talked a little bit ago about like, okay, what are some things that a VA can take off your plate as a a rental property owner? What does your property manager do for you? Yeah. So a few distinctions. My PM is in person and can do in-person things. And as we're talking about PM for your business, it might be an in-person boots on the ground or in-house contractor, whatever the person is, the same principles apply. For me, I got to the point where I had 13 midterm rentals and seven or eight long terms, and I just could not keep up with the constant buzz of managing tenants. And I sat on hiring someone for probably six, seven months every day. I'd think about it and I wouldn't do anything. Finally, I did. I hired one person. They quit after like a month. They were like, this isn't for me. I want set business hours. I do not want to be looking at my phone. In the end, that turned to be a blessing in disguise because I found my amazing PM right now. She does typically probably seven to 10 hours a week. I pay her $22 an hour. I actually pay her W2 and she's probably 95% online, but she is there if she has to go and do something like post a notice, but she does everything. Like I just got a call from a contractor who has to meet a tenant. And I said, call my PM. I have nothing to do with this. I don't want to answer your call. I'm not going to go look in my system because that's not me. Although I could get you the answer. You need to talk to her. And so she does everything tenant management. And then we touch base once a week for like probably 20 minutes every Tuesday. And I pay her bi-weekly through Gusto. But all of this stuff definitely did not start out so easy. Like I definitely started out as a complete shit show. I still am a little bit definitely with my maintenance side of things, but you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Jay, do you have like a VA trained for your rent? Like, are you planning on training someone to do some of the tasks for your rental property business? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised you haven't. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was Um, also wondering if you'll ever hire anybody in person or if you'll keep everything virtual. Yeah. So that is a good question. So in terms of property management, the reason we haven't done so yet is because rent to own, since we have a couple rent to own houses, those are to itself. We just get mailbox money, you call it. And then whenever, you know, we hear from them for their birthdays, whatever. But in terms of hiring in-house, like in person, yeah, that is a a conversation I've had with Mike where we would love to get an office, but we don't want to grow our business into like 50 employees. I used to work for the biggest wholesaler in the United States and his This was probably 12 people, if that. And he makes millions on one day. So, like in a week, millions. That is insane. I did not know that you worked for the biggest wholesaler in the country. Yeah, that's where I got a lot of my experience from. I know it's funny when I see like wholesale signs on the side of the highway, I'm like, oh, houses. I'm like, no, that's not 99% of wholesaling. It's like, 
floor or like windows or <laughs> yeah anything in bulk quantity I guess yeah wow okay that's really that's interesting cool but yeah I'm also on the hunt right now to hire an in-house property manager we'll see if I get it done before the end of the year I think that I will it's just getting all my systems in place and documenting them and being able to train somebody to do it properly yeah I will say I did a lot of my SOPs with my property manager and we built a lot of them together. And I also want to tell the people listening a quick number side of like, why are we so focused on PMs being your first in-house hire? And it's because they are the best bang for your buck. Right now, my rent roll is between 25 and 30,000 a month. I, I would have to double check. I think it's 25. If half of them, two thirds are midterm rentals, which people charge 15, 20, 25 per even if you just said it was 10%, that would be $2,500 a month to pay to PM who's probably going to do a terrible job, terrible quality, never reply to you, blah, blah, blah. Instead, I pay my person like $880 a month if she does a 40 hour month times $22. Yeah, that is insane. And actually, since most of them are midterm rentals, it'd probably be more like three, four, five grand I'd be paying to PM. And I think you have different tax benefits because she's a W-2 employee versus a 1099. I don't know all of that, but that also you take that into account. And this isn't going to be the situation for everyone, but she's only working for you. Whereas a large property management company has hundreds of people that they're working for. You're a low man on the totem pole when you hire an out-of-house PM. They don't care about your property. They're not as accountable to you. They're not going to meet with you weekly like Grace's PM meets with her weekly. You really don't have very much control over them. And that's why we're big proponents of hiring one person to work in-house for you. Now I'm getting excited. You should be. (laughs) You're going to, yeah, it's going to be so nice, Amelia. Like when I see you like answering a message or something quick, I'm like, oh my God, I am. I do not miss that one second that you don't realize how much like little, I don't want to say stress. Cause also if you do have all long-term rentals, it is relatively easy with midterm rentals. It's different, but it's a weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, do we have anything else that we want to tell everyone about hiring for your business? Jay, you have any words of wisdom? In terms of hiring, yeah, when I, you'll know when you're ready. In terms of SOPs, start right away. <laughs> yeah, because that makes hiring so much easier when you need to go and hire. Yeah. Are you, are you telling yourself, Amelia, with those clenched teeth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done it two years ago if I would have created my damn SOPs from the start. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. Jay, thanks so much for being here today. If you're listening, I hope you've taken a bunch of action items from all three episodes. If this is the first episode you listened to, go back to the two episodes before this because this is a three-part series about how to organize your business like a CEO with Jay Morales. And we're thankful that you were here with us and we hope you learned something. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved today's episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out and join our community at womeninvestinrealestate.com and follow us on Instagram at wire with two eyes dot community.